Now more than ever, it's important for you and your family to enjoy the spaces you're in most often. Visit fergusonshowrooms.com to shop online or schedule a personalized consultation to meet with our experts at your local Ferguson bath, kitchen, and lighting gallery. Together we'll help you make the most of home and create a space you'll love to live in. Get started on your project and discover extraordinary products like the Pro Grand Range by Thermador. Spring forward at Banana Republic Factory with 50 to 70% off everything. Shop season favorites from colorful dresses to easy tops from $19.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. Enjoy 50 to 70% off almost everything at Gap Factory and GapFactory.com. Shop tees from $6.99 and joggers from $24.99. Plus extra 15% off online. Exclusions apply. Shop the sale through April 6th. I don't even know what the hell we're talking about this episode. <laughs> Just oh, start that Jesus. with the intro. That's that's it. That's our intro. <laughs> There's a new Shazam International trailer. That's pretty dope. <laughs> yeah, that was. <laughs> and a Batman uh, Ninja Turtles trailer. So we'll be talking about those things right after this. And whatever else. Whatever else Dave yeah. wrote down and forgot about. Yep. <laughs> that's a good start. I like that. Spring forward at Banana Republic Factory with 50 to 70% off everything. Shop season favorites from colorful dresses to easy tops from $19.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. Enjoy 50 to 70% off almost everything at Gap Factory and GapFactory.com. Shop tees from $6.99 and joggers from $24.99. Plus extra 15% off online. Exclusions apply. Shop the sale through April 6th. You think of Earth as a singular planet. In fact, it is anything but. For this is a story not of a universe, but a multiverse. Where universes and planets, such as Earth, were replicated and mirrored across a vibrating, infinite plane. Some barely different from the next. Others drastically so. This is DC On Screen. Every week, Dave and Jason talk about the multiverse of DC properties on film and television. But be warned, if it's been officially released, you can expect they'll spoil it. Welcome to DC On Screen, episode 533. I'm your host, David C. Robertson, and this, the man who brought real fear to Gotham City, Jason Goss. Ah, you mean when I, uh, when I was doing Rat Catcher there for a while. It was a good run. I really don't know what's happening, but I love your enthusiasm. Yeah. Well, let's try it. Let's try to pick this thing up <laughs> off on the floor and uh, see, where, see where we can get with it. <clears throat> sure. All right, we got some news for you guys tonight uh, and some actually quite a bit of uh, listener feedback. Um, we do want to remind you that we are on Patreon. God, we are on Patreon now. Mm -hmm. Five bucks a month gives you access to an exclusive audio feed that gives you extra content, sideshows like Jason's pull list, Marvel reviews, and, and more. And uh, we're still recording our review of Captain Marvel, Captain Marvel tonight for the Patreon feed, right? We are, yeah. If we can word, <laughs> Captain Marvel. This is possibly That's the a, roughest start we've ever had. I know. What the hell's going on? I don't know. Take a deep breath. All right. All right. That's good. Let's start. Yeah. All right. Now a word. I feel something tickling my chi. It's not, it's not probably oh, a good sign. No. It's going to show up on the audio. 
Right. All right. So um, speaking of tickling someone's chi, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a terrible way to go into this. but <laughs> It's awful, but I love it. <laughs> Warner, Warner Media is investigating claims that uh, <laughs> the Warner Brothers chairman and CEO, Kevin Sujihara, has been in, uh, engaged in, in some some rough sexual things here. Apparently he's, well, of course he's allegedly, uh, been involved with British actress, uh, Charlotte Kirk. And, uh, there was like a partnership based on a bunch of text messages that, uh, was leaked. And, uh, he's apologized for some of it, but not, but in a vague situation, in kind of a vague way, Charlotte Kirk has said that it didn't happen. She didn't have sex with him, even though her text messages said that she did, or the supposed, the alleged text messages said that she did. Um, it's just really a, a casting couch situation over there. Um, <laughs> it looks like anyway, we had Packer yeah, from, it looks rough. The Yeah. The Brett Ratner Rat Pack. We know that he was uh <laughs> taken out from Warner Brothers mm. with their deal over there because of uh allegations and uh so yeah it looks like based on the evidence that Kevin Sujihara and um James Packer and Brett Ratner were all involved in this shit I don't want to get too deep into it but they are investigating I would be very surprised if Kevin Sujihara uh got out of this thing alive and no love lost, man. No, no. I, I mean, um, on the one hand, I, I hope it didn't happen for her sake, but either way, it's well. It, I don't. It looks think bad, and uh, I mean, based on what we're seeing, based on what it sh- it seems like it is, it was like a. It seems like she, you know, I guess played along to some degree. I mean, I get it. I know men in power, etc. She's just trying to get ahead, but it looks like she was like, "Hey, you said you would help me out. You said this while we were having sex. What the hell's the deal?" And she's that was almost verbatim one of the texts that that I remember. Yeah, so you know that was a rough paraphrase, at least. It it's a rough uh, yeah it's rough anyway, but yeah, rough yeah. paraphrase. The <laughs> only thing I can be sure about is this is not how I'd like it to have happened. But if Sujihar is removed from the brand, I think we're we're going to benefit from that yeah and everything else is a shit show that i just would rather have never have had to talk about yep like i don't obviously i don't uh i'm not sitting over here going like ah, i miss the good old days of hollywood no this is bullshit she, no th- th- this shit shouldn't have should have never happened no and i, I I'm, a, I'm a believe first kind of guy i definitely want to investigated um I, I yeah but i just ugh, the whole thing's fucking yucky mm-hmm sure is so anyway on to better things it cannot just, possibly go downhill from that. Go for it. I know. That's why I just started out with that. Like, bad things. It's like we were trying to manage uh, expectations with how badly we started this episode. I know, right? And then and then you you, you have that now, so it's yeah. it's got it's gotta float uphill. At the very beginning it was totally unintentional. It was just like I don't know, I'm just stroking out or something. I don't know what's happening. It was uh we, we were having we were having problems. It was, that was actually enough that I got a little worried. It was sputtering. Still not sure I'm not worried. I'm still pretty deeply, sh- deeply shaken by how poorly <laughs> that began. But we're just going to have to recover. Oh. Do better. So we have, a Shaz- we have a Shazam International trailer that was released in China. Yes. This thing is full of Batman, Superman, Aquaman references. Mm-hmm. Holy shit. This was great. Chock this full. was better than the thing they released last week, in my opinion. I'm not sure I love both my children. You love both of your children. Mm-hmm. They were uh, there. I, I don't want to choose one. 
Well, the thing is, is it's unfair because the one they released here mm-hmm. was made up of a lot of footage we had, we had already seen. This yeah. one is made up of a lot of footage we have not seen. Correct. And a lot of references so, that are going to... Like that, there's so many references in that trailer, It that may be all we get. Mm-hmm. It, it might be that deep. It, it, but there's a lot, and they were all uh, they were all a lot of fun. And I don't think, for me, they're going to pay off any less when we're actually watching it. I don't think that that's all we'll get because of, of who Freddy is. That's true. But, um, oh my gosh, dude. There was that kid. There was that kid playing with his Batman and Superman action figures, and he was humming <laughs> that John Williams theme song. He was. Hell yeah. <laughs> He was. And I got I got no qualms, y'all. No. I got no fine. problems. There's nothing in the universe about that that, w- that is problematic either. That that could just be mm, a kid no. humming something it, it unrelated <laughs> to anything. <laughs> That's right. I I, I I hum stuff just walking through my home sometimes that it is it's just I've never heard it before and should never hear it again. Yeah. So, so that'll be fine. I don't know. Oh the 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 stuff about him and Superman, great. Uh, even seeing the battering, oh, yeah. the Batfleck battering, great. Yes, um, I, I'm. I'm really digging what I'm seeing of Mark Strong here, uh, champion. You know, like I love how like over the top he is, dude. Like that, that was like the best scene. Is like they are like floating, oh, floating about um what a, a, a couple mile, of mile football, field, football fields from each other at least. Yeah, and he's just like waxing villainous man. He's right. just going at it. <laughs> it's just like, I was like, wait, what? Are you making some big evil guy speech or something? Yeah. You're like a mile away. All I see is your mouth moving. I will eat your heart. Uh. It was good. <laughs> it was good. And there's a um there's a, a thing in, in comedy where like if you hear a joke the second time it's not as funny. It's true mm-hmm. to some extent. And yeah, for the jokes that we're gonna see coming in the movie, yeah, it'll take a little bit off, but I think I'm still gonna enjoy them where they are. It also gives me hope that like, I don't think this is all the comedy that's in the movie. I think there's going to be a lot of jokes here that we just haven't even gotten to yet. Oh yeah. Uh, I love this bit at the end. I can't talk to fish. What we, what could we do this th- uh, with that? That's cool. Oh, I don't know. Maybe command an army of billions in the ocean. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which makes me wonder, you know, Oh, the army the of billions, run. by the way, is made up of cash. Yeah. <laughs> That, that, that is true now. Cash yeah. that Warner Brothers can simply throw into the ocean because they made so much they don't give a damn. Mm-hmm. But in continuity, I have to wonder, has Arthur properly been exposed? Is Atlantis properly exposed? What? I, I think in continuity, the Justice League has been uh, documented to some extent, maybe? Well, the, yes, the Justice League has been, and the Aquaman has been, but... You know, in, at the end of Aquaman, spoilers for Aquaman, if you haven't seen that, like everybody else very in the damn sorry. world. Very sorry if that's the case. Um, <laughs> um, Randall Park is talking about, like, is st- they're still cr- like acting like he's a crackpot for his Atlantis theories. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That is true. I guess it's... I mean... Here's the thing. In this, in the same way that maybe it is a thing, maybe it's a side, uh, a side situation where you think he may exist. Like maybe at the, at the beginning of Justice League, where it's uh, some people knew and, and it was maybe a, a theory. Um, mm-hmm. Bruce figures it out, finds him, all that. Maybe it's still the same or, or close to the same, where there are more people that believe now. You think it's just folklore? Like it may because, be folklore. I, mean, he, I was thinking he, uh, Slenderman. It was the example I had in mind. Yeah, like you've got people coming up to or him in a bar, Earth. going like. Hey, you're the guy that talks to fish or whatever. Yeah. So, and then yeah. uh, maybe it is a thing where some people think it's a a real thing, and some people like maybe it's eighty five fifteen percent 
Mm-hmm. That's enough to print a shirt. And if you're an enthusiast like one of the Batson kids, you probably have that shirt. Oh, yeah. Oh, um, so last week when you – or week before last, whatever it was, I can't – I think it was last uh, week. It's, it's all been a blur for two weeks for me. A blur of measuring tapes and <laughs> yeah. Sharpies. Um, Saws. Yeah. You wondered if that was Kevin Conroy doing the, the Batman voice. Turns out uh, a bunch of people thought that. It did sound like him. It really did. And Sandberg says, I hate to disappoint, but a sound designer supervisor, Bill Dean, getting to live out his dream of being Batman. Well, good for him. Right? Thought I'd let you in on that. And I'm really excited about this next bit. He does a good impression. Uh, yeah, he does. Um, I'm really excited about this. Former Smallville actor, John Glover, who played Lionel Luthor, mm-hmm. uh, Lex's dad. Mm-hmm. On Smallville. Very well. Uh, he was talking to uh, Fandom Spotlight at Wizard World Cleveland, and he said that he is playing a father's role in Shazam. And then if you... There are a few outlets who reported that that's all he said, but they didn't watch the full video because a few seconds later, he reveals that uh, Mark Strong is his adult son in the movie. So oh, gotta watch the got to watch the video, y'all. I just love that John Glover's out there cultivating all of these villains. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. How to grow a dick from the ground. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right. Who's who's his list now? All right, Lex, uh, Savannah, and I think Ivy. Well, he wasn't. He wasn't Ivy's father. He was more of a. But you said creepy... cultivate. I think he facilitated that. Right, right. Uh, but let's not forget Siler on Heroes as well. Oh, that's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. Man, I love me some John Glover. Mm. I'd love to meet some Siler. That was a great role. Wish the show had done better in certain ways. Mm-hmm. So uh, there is a March 23rd screening of Shazam. Fandango is uh, is doing it full two weeks early. And um, it's going to be at uh, 1,200 select theaters and 40 exhibition circuits throughout the U.S. I do not have my tickets. I do not know if I'm going to be able to do this. It is a Saturday night. That's rough. Are we in the... Uh, mm-hmm. I haven't looked. Are we in the select theaters? I haven't even looked. Well, I'll look that up while we're, while we're playing. I'm just curious. Yep. Carry on. But it's out there, guys. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the Shazam uh, official uh, runtime is revealed. It's uh, two hours and 12 minutes. Nice. That's that's pretty okay. That's I pretty like, manageable, I think. I like it right there. That's that's pretty good. Over two hours, you're getting plenty of... Um, you're getting plenty of play with that. Mm-hmm. Mm. And hopefully not a whole lot of squirming from certain co-hosts. Well, I was just going to say a tight bladder, but. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a problem. Mm-hmm. By the way, uh, we it is it is in our area, 4 o'clock mm. and 7 o'clock. Oh, mm. all right. So we'll, we'll see. see where that goes. We will see. All right, so, um, and I'm loving this because Warner Brothers has lifted the, re- the reaction embargo. Mm-hmm really freaking early for shazam good sign they got balls on this one they know yeah and uh i have to say it's pretty much everything i've seen is pretty much just abject praise across the board uh we got a few of these i won't read everything that i've wrote down or i've put down here wrote down like i'm in the 1800s (laughs) (laughs) not all that my quill has inked but i shall read some yeah uh paul sheary on twitter says shazam is a laugh out loud funny romp that captures the innocence and challenge of being both a superhero and a kid at once. It's clever, fun, and heroic with an obvious nod to 80s classics like Big, Ghostbusters, The Goonies, etc. Uh, 
Peter Scaretta says Shazam is parts Home Alone, parts Big, a crowd-pleasing, family-friendly, joy-filled, wish-fulfillment superhero film, which gets a bit over the top and cheesy at times, is fun and funny, and I was surprised at how much it wears its heart on its sleeve. Den of Geek says Shazam is an absolute joy, both definitely in the DCEU and nothing at all like any DCEU movie so far. It is funny, warm, good-hearted, and silly, and the cast is terrific. Um... Jenna Bush says, finally allowed to say that Shazam was fantastic, full of heart, and pure childhood wish fulfillment is funny, and the tone is exactly right. Uh, Jim uh, Vivoda, I'm going to say. I don't know. Uh, Zachary Levi was born to play Shazam. He delivers lots of uh, laughs alongside co-star Jack Dylan Grazer. The film packs some big surprises for comics buffs and offers enough mainstream appeal to win over new fans. Um this is like this is just crazy. I, I haven't seen anything like this from the critics for a no. DC movie since like what Dark Knight. I just tried it, and if you look up Shazam and reaction, it's just nothing but thumbnails of videos of people smiling mm-hmm. and a, a row of of of. Well, turns out this thing looks amazing. Yeah, yeah. I, I do love the pure wish fulfillment part of those reviews. That that sounds perfect. I liked uh, Brandon Davis from comicbook.com. He says, Shazam is such a brilliant movie. It's so tremendously fun and incredibly scary at some points. Thanks, David F. Sandberg. It blows away every expectation and is my new favorite DC movie. Um, Yeah, man. This is incredibly, uh, I don't know, uh, (laughs) hope-inspiring. I would say heartening if we hadn't already been very excited about this from, uh, not even from day one. Like, from day one, I was... uh, my first thought when I heard they were going to do a Shazam movie was, <laughs> okay. I wondered how well, you know, how are you going to do that? And, but especially since Sandberg has been involved and his Twitter account has been involved, it's been uh, a lot of fun. We've known for sure oh, that yeah. they were enjoying themselves, and that would probably try, like cross over. Oh yeah, and you know what? I I um have lost my train of thought. <laughs> Absolutely perfect. Um, going along with the theme of the episode. <laughs> Say the magic word and restore your hosting powers. Oh, nope. I don't have it. Still not working? I don't know a magic word, Jason. There isn't one. We've tried. We have tried. Sat and mumbled out of the dictionary for hours. Nothing. <laughs> I did accidentally get Sinbad in a genie outfit somewhere along the line, but... Sent that shit right back. Right back. Packing. I hurt his feelings, though. I told him he was funnier on a different world. <laughs> you know was crazy? That's apparently one of the... Uh... I forget what it's called, which makes sense, both for this episode and the effect. Oh, the Mandela effect. Uh-huh. Uh, if I yeah. understand correctly, Shazam, uh, uh, sorry, um, he has never appeared as the genie. I know. And yet everyone thinks he has. It's one of those. Yeah. It's just one of those things we all think has happened that hasn't. Uh, there are I people think... that literally think this is like proof of a multiverse. And I love that because you can't prove it wrong and it's crazy and fun. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think they're just, you know, thinking just... of Shaquille O'Neal and Kazam. Yeah. But he also, like, Sinbad for the entirety of the 80s, at the height of his powers, uh, kind of looked like he might be a genie. Like, he dressed like that. <laughs> he did. <laughs> he just dressed in this big baggy clothing. Like he, it, And then I, he's, I don't know what he's doing now. When I see him on pictures now, he comes through town every year, and apparently he does, like, five minutes of stand-up and then just plays blues for an hour because he's decided, oh, I'm, gonna, I'm a blues bassist now. That's interesting. It's, it, was a, it was an odd choice. And I'm pretty sure our local club, the Stardom, hates it because they are not equipped for that electrically. <laughs> they are not. Like Joey, our friend who used to work there, mm-hmm. said at some point, it's like when they hooked up a big band because like a comedy club is set up for 
a dude with a mic and you know some extracurriculars every now and then but not like a full band so there you know there's these outlets that come out of a stage when you're mm-hmm. doing uh, electricity for a you know. so he would have like there was literally a guy who was the stagehand like the stage manager who would who would sit there and and when a fuse would blow he'd pop that thing and throw in something else and you know do electricity stuff that I don't understand but yeah Joey's job at, at some at a, on a couple shows was literally to stand by him with a two by four and if he saw him get shocked whack him with a two by four that doesn't like, seem safe I was like you got to be kidding me he was like no I'm serious I sat there in a batter's stance. Like I was about to take a swing for an hour and a half while those people performed. <laughs> you okay? Hey, look, it's safer than being electrocuted. All right. Well, I think what I was gonna say earlier. Oh, we're back. I think we are. I back. I bought yeah. you some time. <laughs> um, I have, be- I have become accustomed to enjoying a movie uh, against what everyone else says. Or at least against what all the critics say. Now, personally, in my own life, you know, when I see people that I know and they're like, oh, yeah, I decided not to go see BVS or Suicide Squad or whatever the hell it is uh, because I heard bad things, I say, no, go go check it out. You'll be pleasantly surprised. And then they come back and they go, oh, hey, yeah, it was pretty good. Um, Almost invariably, I have the same experience. Yeah. and uh, Being on the Internet and talking to real people in my life is an entirely different conversation about the movies that we watch. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, Aquaman got shit on a bit with the uh, critics, but it made like, you know, all the, all money. the money ever. Yeah. All the money that but Avengers didn't make. Yeah. I have to admit, I am I am excited at the notion that perhaps critics, audiences, general audience, and myself might be all on the same page with Shazam. The lack of dissonance would be refreshing. Really would. It, it would be nice to walk outside with my head held high, knowing that I could mention Shazam to anyone without explaining yourself. Phrase. Yeah, like I like Batman v Superman, still my favorite, but it's so it's so tiresome to just be like you know someone's like yeah blah blah blah, blah and you're just like <sighs> it yeah all it, right Edge Lord let me explain to you about how Batman killed when he first started. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, it it they the. What we've seen so far, because of a lot of reasons, just a lot of reasons that we've already gone into several times, required mm-hmm. a lot of effort to enjoy publicly at times, depending on where you were in the setting. I, I, like I said, in my personal life, I've mostly been able to enjoy these movies without having to explain myself. Mm-hmm. There have been a few times where I've, a few times where I've been in public and had exactly that conversation. I'm like, well, I just don't think blah blah blah. Like, Hold on now. And then when the funny thing is, when you're actually talking to somebody. It, it, in person, you can still do that thing that humans used to do where you, you state a point and they state a point and you have a back and forth. And mm-hmm. then eventually you kind of maybe come to like a mutual understanding about a thing instead of the thing you do online where you state a point and then they state a louder point and you do another louder point and then somebody gets muted or blocked. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> the version I've had in real life, IRL, has been a lot yeah. more uh, a lot more rewarding. But it would still just be nice to not even have to have that conversation. Yeah. Which I've had at this point unanimously with Aquaman and every every talk with every person I've seen it so far, Aquaman has been across the board. That was a great, that was a fun movie, you know. Yeah. It was a fun movie. I wonder if um and I you know, I didn't prepare anything for this, but I, I just remembered it a couple days ago there was all this uh talk online of evidence coming out uh that proved uh that Johnny Depp didn't abuse Amber Heard and that she, in fact, abused him. So, like, a 
shit ton and like crushed his finger and all sorts of stuff. And um, I wonder if that's going to affect Aquaman too. Possible. I wonder if Amber Heard is just going to kind of go away now. That's been completely off my radar. But then again, I have been intentionally off any radar because I'm like two weeks behind on any of the shows we watch and two weeks behind on any comics. So oh yeah, I've well, like, barely I, I, turned on the internet. <laughs> Had to make sure the yeah, switch I, still worked. Well, I just went into Twitter and I saw Johnny Depp's name trending and I went, oh God, what's he done now? <laughs> yeah. And then it turned out nothing. It turned out he produced like tons of evidence, including video I guess. I don't, I don't know. Oof. And apparently she was also abusive and there was like police records and stuff about her previous husband or and or boyfriend or something. So mm. I don't know what's going on with that. But um, yeah, going to have to see where that shakes out. We might not have Amber Heard for very long, y'all. <laughs> possibility. I'm sorry. It's a possibility. And it just completely slipped my mind until we were just talking about Aquaman. So I apologize that I didn't dig a little deeper and look into that, but we'll see. I feel confident we'll have Momoa because I don't think people are made any happier than that. Yeah. I don't know if he has dark moments. And if he does, he probably just like goes out into the woods and hugs a tree until the the happiness comes back. Yeah. I think there was some sort of statement he said about uh, something about the, some of his scenes in in game of Thrones that people got upset about, but uh, that was a few years ago. I'm not sure where that lies. Anything that came out of game Game of Thrones. uh, It's possible. It's possible. Yeah, he was too flippant. He was too flippant talking about something. Oh, I'm I, okay. You've struck a chord. I vaguely remember flippancy and him being mm-hmm. like slightly in trouble, but somehow my brain registered that as not not being a, a big thing. I, I, clearly, it slipped I mean, out of my memory. Yeah, I mean, there's a, a small collective of people who are still kind of bringing that up. Well, I won't judge it because I don't remember what it was at all. But uh, yeah, I don't remember exactly what he said, but you know. I do remember it not specifically no. making me um, uh, angry. I, yeah, I don't, like, there were people bringing it up again because of Aquaman's track tracking uh, uh-huh. being pretty good. Because, uh, I'll be honest, I don't watch Game of Thrones. I don't follow Game of Thrones. I had I no idea he'd even said the first four episodes thing. and completely bailed on it after that. Sorry. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, I'm aware that uh, he has some not-so-consensual relations with one of the characters and that he may have been a little too flippant talking about it. I I do know that the Dothraki are not a Gentile people. Gentile people? Uh, I think it would be gentle. (laughs) They might be a Gentile people. I guess they are. Technically. I mean, I wouldn't. I have no idea. Is Game of Thrones a situation where there might be Semitic people? I don't... uh... (laughs) I don't know that it's ever been expressed. I have no idea. <laughs> I don't know what realm they're in. I don't, it's possible. Is, this, is, it, is it a fantasy realm? Is it a, is it our past? Is I don't know. I, I don't know. Anyway. All right. We're going to throw that into the uh, pile of uh, vocal garbage that has been the show for us so far. That's right. Toss it on the pile. And, and everybody's getting this. We're not just cutting this out and putting it on Patreon either. Yeah. Yay. Because none of this is good enough to put on Patreon. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> Uh, this is TMZ just honest and human foibles at work. God help me. You know, it is a it is a dark day when I decide to put in a news bit from TMZ. Uh-huh. But uh, <laughs> basically they released a video where they're harassing Army Hammer <laughs> because that's what they do. Yeah, <clears throat> generally. And um, 
They're asking him about whether or not he's going to be Batman. They said, are you the new Batman army? He says, no. And they said, they asked if he could confirm it. He says, I can't. And he says, are you, are you denying it for real? He says, yes. <laughs> and then the TMZ guy says, how about if I see you with a cape? And Hammer goes, then you'll know I'm lying. I like <laughs> that. Closes his door. I like his style so far on that. And that's really the reason I, I, I brought this to everyone's attention. I just liked Army Hammer's uh, wit, <laughs> I guess. I don't know. I liked his you like the comeback. sense of humor. You just like the comeback on that one. I dig it. And it was clear he was kind of annoyed, though. Yeah. I think in general, most people at all times that aren't consumers of TMZ are annoyed by TMZ because mm-hmm. a lot of what they do is get up in your business. You know, even like the voiceover guy who was ex- that. like in the video, even the voiceover guy who was explaining what was going on mm-hmm. and was like sort of narrating was so abrasive and so annoying that I felt violated. Oh. Like I felt like my privacy had been like truly invaded. Like he's just like, we still believe that you're the Batman army. I'm like, oh my God, mm. what is wrong with you? Why do you have to talk like that? It's, is it that thing where they blow up the audio and get too excited? <laughs> and then they got to show all I mean, the people literally sitting too around and loud the... for what it's supposed to be doing on top of everything else. Yeah, and they've got all the people like it sitting around the bullpen, like making cracking jokes about Army Hammer, and mm-hmm. I'm just like, what the hell is even happening? What? Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah. Anyway, Ben Affleck was talking to Lad Bible, uh, promoting uh, Netflix's Triple Frontier, and. Um, he said it would. He imagines it would be weird to step in and do another DC character, but he can certainly imagine directing a movie. If DC would have him, he would love to do it. You know, he said if it was something he was passionate about, he'd be down. I've got no problem here. He says it's not about like kind of closing doors and stuff. I just couldn't figure out how I wanted to do the next one, the Batman movie. So uh, it became time to let someone else take a crack at it. We've heard that before, but yeah, he. Um, I would be down with him doing like directing a a, a DC movie. Yeah. Let him write. He's a good director. One of the problems was, uh, I think that movie might have come out. I, ultimately, I think the Batman original version might have come out if he wasn't trying to write, produce, direct, and star in that movie. It might have gone fast enough. Because a lot of people apparently love that script. There's a chance, I think, that if, if it wasn't so much on him, we might have seen... We might have gotten it. I, I really do believe that's the thing. So if you reduce his role in some capacity and actually let him, you know, just do a couple of those things... Yeah, I'd take it. Yeah, absolutely. <sighs> absolutely, man. But I don't have a problem with Ben Affleck being in the DCEU anyway. So I, I agree it would be a little strange if he showed up as another character. I'll give him that. <laughs> it would be weird. Unless he shows up as like Thomas Wayne. Even then, it'd be like, well, we already seen him. Well, I don't want him as another character. I want him as Batman. Yeah, I know. I know. As Batman. One. He's a good one, All that right. one. <laughs> then we're good times. So uh, over to the Suicide Squad. Um, it's being reported, and... I should note, it's being reported by Jeff Snyder at Collider. So, you know, many large grains of salt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Cube of salt. But um, he's reporting that the uh, that the Suicide Squad roster for James Gunn uh, is going to be uh, <laughs> Ratcatcher, a.k.a. Otis Flanagan. Mm-hmm. Even though it's going to be, uh, he, he's saying it's going to be uh, a gender swapped version. And that character I don't think is a... anyone will care. No. And that character is a super criminal, uh, one of Batman's uh, many enemies, who started out as an exterminator in Gotham before turning to a life of crime, aided by an army of small rodents. 
that she communicates with and controls. Also a fan of poisonous gas. Um, I remember Ratcatcher specifically from, I think, Vengeance of Bane 2, um, where he was sending rats in and out of Bane's solitary confinement cell. Like, Bane does this thing. It's like after Venom, you know? So he's kind of flabby, and all of his muscles have turned to crap. And He tries to protein up a little bit. Yeah, and... um, well, what what had happened was mm-hmm, mm-hmm. he was getting shit on a lot in prison, and someone sneaks him a shiv inside of a bear that looks like uh, his beloved osito, mm-hmm. and he like jams it in a dude's eye with the full intention of being thrown into solitary confinement. And Ratcatcher is basically sending rats to bringing him protein sources, like like chicken and stuff, right. And Bane spends the entire time in solitary just, like, getting jacked apple farm, man. Yeah. Jacked AF. And yeah, when the warden comes to open, you know, the solitary cell, he's just, like, ginormous again. Uh, but this time without the venom. Right. Uh, so, yeah, Scary that's how I know self. Ratcatcher. <laughs> Helping Bane. That's how I know him. Yeah. We've got King Shark. Humanoid, humanoid shark whose father is believed to be the so-called shark god. Um, polka dot man. Why not? Yeah, polka good old man. polka dot man. I'm down for polka dot man. A lot of people have been crapping on polka dot man in this idea. I saw a lot of people saying like, oh man, it's got to be a complete comedy. We've got polka dot man. Maybe not. Anyway, he's a he's a uh, Gotham City supervillain. Sworn enemy of the Batman, multicolored polka dots on his body that he can turn into fireballs and other weapons, even though for the most part he's embarrassed about his awkward abilities. <laughs> uh, you know, and some of the, here's some of the the gimmicky dots that they've they've included here. Um, this is per the DC Wiki, by the way. Mm-hmm. We have the uh, flying buzzsaw dot, a red polka dot designed as a projectile. Uh, it had a rotating interior mechanism upon which a circular saw blade was mounted. We have the flying saucer dot, a yellow polka dot, which expanded rapidly into a flat, man-sized glider. A little green goblin action. Yeah. Um, <laughs> steered by a series of buttons or switches on his belt. We have the sun dot, a gold polka dot designed as a projectile. It was uh, a <laughs> gimmick to resemble a model of the sun and emitted a blinding, disorienting light. Some of this stuff could be really cool in live action. I'm sorry. It could really could be. A little bit in my head, though, I'm hearing, pew, pew. Oh, yeah. We have uh, the bubble dot, a white polka dot, which expanded into a translucent capsule capable of flight. Uh, <laughs> fist dots, which sounds stupid, honestly. Red, yellow, and orange polka dots designed as projectiles. They're uh, thrown at uh, at once a gimmick to resemble human fists, bounced off opponents at close range, and in concert, these dots could produce concussive effect, uh, sorry, effects. And hold dot, a, this was cool. This was really Oh, dope. this is the trippy one. This is the Grant hold Morrison-esque dot. one. Oh, yeah. A black polka dot simply referred to as a hole by the polka dot man. It opened up what appeared to be a teleportation transport system and was presumably developed with assistance from Immortus. That sounds cool. Yeah. Yeah, it's a really neat character short of the design of the actual character mm-hmm. like if you just had somebody who had all that at their disposal you would think man that is some kind of weird inverse crazy batman thing that i'd be afraid of but if when you actually see him you think oh lord this is a farce <laughs> and all i get right, i do uh, get the people who are worried that like oh my god that's included it's got to be a comedy I, my argument is because that guy's included it can't be mm. because again the word farce if you if you take the comedic version of him and use it, 
you have, I, I think you do flavor the entire thing. You have to take him a little bit seriously or it's completely, uh, you just take him out. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll see. Uh, and then we've got Peacemaker, a uh, an agent of peace who wants peace so bad he's got to kill people for it. You know, <laughs> he's an ex- he's a one pacifist, an extremist, uh, and he goes out of his way for it, man. And um, now they actually they this is the character that was part part of the old uh, Charlton, uh, Charlton comics that uh, Alan Moore based comedian on. Hmm, hmm. that's nice and. The um, there's a lot of philosophy to a guy who's willing to take peace to the extreme. I mean, uh, Ozymandias is another version of that to me. Mm-hmm. It's the reason I, I love that book that. so much. Is that the whole book is the uh, the whole the entire thing is built on the philosophy of like the ethical philosophy of what would you sacrifice to make war go away? And it's it's a bunch of different characters' versions of this. And mm-hmm. the other question, the secondary question, which is the primary for a couple of characters like Rorschach, is is there a gray area here? For Rorschach, no. For Alman, yeah. Yeah. For Manhattan, is there a stoic practical version of this argument that doesn't include human sensibilities? Yeah. Oh, it's just it's 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 a good book. We all know that. We all know that though. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh so according to this um Collider article, the sources are saying I that, love the uh, disdain you hid in that. I know. Reference to it being a Collider article. And you should. You should. You really should. Like, this isn't even... Uh, yeah. When we get news from Hashtag Show, uh, that ha- was it that Hashtag Show? Uh, you, even that is, in a lot of ways, uh, has proven better for casting calls. Uh, got a better mm-hmm. track record. This is... You got to really wait on this. Don't don't get too opinionated or worried one way or the other. Oh, yeah. They even say in the article, oh, the script might change. The roster might change. But it does say that uh, Dave Bautista is Gunn's favorite for the character of Peacemaker, which would make sense. That'd be great. I'd be fine with that. I don't have a problem with this lineup at all, honestly. I don't. I I would like uh, some kind of through line like Viola Davis. Mm -hmm. He says that he goes out of his way to say that he hasn't heard anything about Viola Davis or Amanda Waller. Um, He's heard conflicting reports about whether or not Harley Quinn will will be back. He says this going back and forth. and conflicting resources uh, or conflicting uh, reports about uh, Joel Kinnaman or Rick Flag even being involved. Yeah. So and Rick, you know, we'll Rick see, Flag guys. and Harley Quinn. It has to be that actor, or you, or it does get a little bit weird. But with Amanda Waller, it doesn't even have to be her. You can just use that as a code name like Bond. Mm-hmm. And just there's always an Amanda Waller, and she's always in charge. And you pick an entirely different cast, and you can still pull a through line. Yeah, I really do want Viola Davis to come back, though. She was great. She was she, fantastic. She was great. I would like her back, but she can yeah, technically be replaced the, and still... Yeah, it's not the end of the world Yeah, if it doesn't happen. And they are saying that the uh, the Hollywood Reporter is actually saying that uh, word from their sources says that Gunn's script is going to be drawing heavily from the John Ostrander and uh, Kim Yale 1980s run. So that's cool. I, I have no idea. I'm completely off on that one. I feel like I need, right. I need to grab it now. Have a read, but oh, absolutely. Um, so speaking of that hashtag show, they're they are reporting that um, I'm gonna try to say this name that uh, writer Adam Zytekiel. Oh, <laughs> wow! You never had a chance. How's that spelled? S Z Y T K I E L. Oh, yeah, you were screwed. I'm not yeah. any better, but yeah, you poor thing. Um. 
they're saying that he turned in his latest draft of the Black Adam script. Mm-hmm. And um, looks like Hawkman, Stargirl, and Adam Smasher are all going to be fighting Black Adam in this thing. Yeah, bring all that on. That sounds fantastic. Uh, supposedly, they're looking for uh, someone between the ages of 30 to 39 to play Carter Hall. That's Hawkman. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And uh, they're apparently hoping to find someone big enough in size that we as an audience will believe that he could actually fight The Rock. Um, and Stargirl and Adam Smasher. The Rock's like what? 6'2", just... 6'3"? Mm-hmm. He's up there. Oh, I have no idea. I just see him and go, that's a lot of damn man. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's like you yeah, can Star hear Girl... me. I put in D-W-A-Y in my <laughs> search engine and the eighth listing is Dwayne Johnson height. Oh, he's 6'5". Good God. Oh, Lord. I didn't know that. I understand if, I if that's in the casting call. I get why it's in the casting call. Yeah. So we've got Stargirl and Adam Smasher, Justice Society of America members, alongside Hawkman. Um, it does point out they've often been in a relationship in the comics. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're looking for a couple of people, 20 to 29 age range. And obviously things could change. So that, you know, that hashtag show's got to cover themselves just like Collider. Maybe oh, it might not be true. Okay, well. That's fine. Um, yeah. And they yeah. also note that it might change because Stargirl is about to have her own solo s- series on DC Universe. Yeah. So that might be a thing. Right. But Where um, they will be featuring a JSA of some kind, specifically Starman. Mm-hmm. And I am Ooh, actually, I'm just happy about Hawkman. That's a good question. What's that? Joel McHale, according to Google, one inch shorter. Mm. Also, Conan O'Brien, who's legendarily tall, one inch shorter mm. than Dwayne Johnson. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. I get. I get why that would be a consideration if you're worried about it. I mean, it, uh, that that would be hard to shoot. Mm-hmm. How do we get a guy who's not a god to look like he can take on a, a kind of semi god? I don't know. We'll do everything at a Dutch angle. Mm, can't do the whole movie that way. It's called movie magic, Jason. I know. I know. We're gonna cut out the floor. The crew calls me Captain Sparkle Fingers. Yeah. All right. You want to do some TV news? Hit it. We got a little bit. Yeah. Uh, CW announced their season finale dates. For Arrowverse, uh, Black Lightning, March 18th. Coming up. Arrow, May 13th. Mm-hmm. The Flash, May 14th. Supergirl, May 19th. Legends of Tomorrow, May 20th. Yeah, it's going to be a bit of a cluster for us. Mm-hmm. Just just personally. That's, that's a lot of reviews to knock out. It is. <laughs> and then on top of that, uh, we're leaving for like our little anniversary trip on the 23rd. So, I mean, you're going to have to knock out a lot of stuff in that. That that Wednesday night's gonna be busy, man. Uh, probably not any news that week. <laughs> it'll it'll all be about how the finales ended. That'll be the entire. Cause I don't think around that there's anything going on specifically. Like no, that's it. Um. Oh, the premiere swamp thing is May the tenth. So we'll mm. we'll hit that up too. But other than that, I mean, that's nothing. Like Endgame will have been out for a month. Um, Shazam will have been out for a month and a half, almost two months. Like yeah, mm-hmm. it, it'll be pretty. Pretty dry, except for that. Fingers Please. crossed, man. Yeah, probably. Spider-Man not until July fifth, so it'll just it'll just be us covering oh, that for for a minute there. All right. So the Flash is getting a new showrunner in season six. We've known for a minute that uh, Todd Helbing was leaving as the EP. He took over in season four when uh, Creep Ass got knocked out. Yeah. Um, Christberg. Yeah. And uh, they're bringing in Eric Wallace, 
who, according to Berlanti, has proven his own exceptional talent and voice since season four, and we couldn't be more thrilled to watch how he shapes the future of the Team Flash and the many, and the many thrilling adventures that lay ahead for our characters and dedicated fans. Yeah, it's total coach speak, but mm-hmm. if he trusts him, he's yeah, we'll go with it. Sure. Why not? I don't know that I've noticed his name a lot. It hasn't stood out to me, but... Eh. Oh, yeah. I don't know. And uh, over on Titans, DC Universe, they have cast Deathstroke, my friend. Ah, I saw this one. Mm-hmm. That dropped today, like, right before we started uh, recording. Yeah. Uh, I don't know the guy. Asai Morales. Uh, he's been on Curb Your Enthusiasm, so I've certainly seen him. Uh, he's in Ozark which I keep meaning to watch, but still haven't somehow. He was on NYPD Blue, a bunch of things, Law & Order, SVU, uh, The Caprica, news IMDb is like months. 200 lines long. It absolutely is. Because I did the same thing. I kept scrolling trying to find something. Here's uh, same experience. I mean to watch Ozark. It's going to happen at some mm-hmm. point, I promise. Um, mm-hmm. He was in an episode of Burn Notice, which I've seen every one of, so I'm sure I saw it. The only other thing that I, I saw that I must have seen him in is uh, In the Army Now. Mm. That's all I got. He also like film credits, like pretty much any movie that came out, he was in the direct to video sequel. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trusting the people that, that do this because they've been given this great product over there so far, but mm-hmm. uh, they may be so good that they're they're be they're getting people that they can get cheap. I don't know. I don't know where this mm-hmm. guy is on the pay scale. I know his IMDB is huge. So that that does mean something, and uh, he doesn't have that much visibility. Yeah, I mean, I remember him from the cover of the movie La Bamba, but it <laughs> does not look like him anymore. No, uh, they gave this uh, little description of Deathstroke. Slade Wilson is known for being DC's deadliest assassin. While serving his country, Slade became an elite soldier before government testing enhanced his physiology to near superhuman levels, putting him on a path of darkness and revenge. To his family, Slade is a father and husband, but to the rest of the world, he is feared by many as the infamous Deathstroke, selling his services to the highest bidder as the ruthless assassin that never gives up and never misses. That just feels like the average explanation for Deathstroke. Except with Arrow, where it wasn't that at all. <laughs> they did go a different way with him. They really did. They, they certainly did. They did. And that was fine. But this one, I, I have no no problem at all with the concept of Deathstroke. So that that all sounds fine to me. And I'm I, first thing I think of is, man, I'm looking forward to a Nightwing Deathstroke fight. Mm-hmm. Oh, that sounds fantastic. Yeah, and on the social media, it looks like Brendan Thwaites has, uh, has the Nightwing hair. Oh, good, 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 good. <laughs> I don't know if it's for another role or what. And he Wait, is which Nightwing another role right it out now. a little bit? I mean, it's like... Like bottom of the year cut know. kind of thing? Honestly, on, yeah. Like, honestly, to me, it looked like uh, like 1980s Wolfman Perez Nightwing with, who's about to be in some disco gear. That's what it looked like to me. Solid. Solid. <laughs> I mean, none of us want mullet. No. That, w- that was a thing with a few characters for a minute there. It, it, at least short in the front and too long in the back for it to be comfortable. But, mm-hmm. yeah, I dig it. I'm looking forward to that. Could just be because I'm looking yeah. forward to the season so much that I don't care what they throw at me. I'm down to clown, man. <laughs> I'm just whatever, man. Whatever they give us. That's sad. What? Yeah. I like how you put that. <laughs> not judging it. I'm, I'm good. Let's do this. It feels judge, judgmental. I, I feel judged. You, just you, a know, little. you, you shouldn't be. It's it's. Uh, I, thought, I thought it was more concise than what I said, frankly. 
<laughs> Over on Swamp Thing, Adrian Barbeau, who played uh, Alice Cable in Wes Craven's 1982 Swamp Thing film, is going to be somebody. They're not saying who, but she's casted. She's cast. Is it casted or cast? I think cast. All right, she's cast in Swamp Thing as somebody. She was also, uh, you know, Catwoman, Selena Kyle on Batman the Animated Series. So we got a little bit of legacy casting going on here. Oh yeah. All right. And we've got a uh, we've got a movie trailer for this Batman versus Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles animated film. And uh, our our buddy Christopher White did ask if it was based on the uh, the graphic novel or the uh, miniseries that Tinian did. And uh, I did look into that, and it is apparently. Yeah. Um. And I don't think it will go as. It might. It might be not as dark, but as moody at times as the uh, mm-hmm. the at least the volume one of that was. Mm-hmm. But it's definitely the same basic structure. You know, they show up. We have an like an extra dimensional situation going on. Shredder is the the main person. I think the difference was it was Shredder and Bane mm. in uh, that one, and it looks like Shredder and Ration this one. Yeah, well, it makes sense to have League of Shadows with the with the Foot Clan. It does. I I do think that might be it might be an improvement, but I'm pretty sure it was Shredder mm-hmm. and Bane before. And um, something that would be a good edit was the the culmination of it being Shredder and Bane was that all of the like uh, Ninja Turtles villains got Baneized. Oh, mm-hmm. it was fun in the books, but it would not be probably as fun in in the long form hour and a half, hour and twenty uh, animated film. Gotcha. But this trailer looks fantastic. It did. It really did look good. The only thing, the only problem I had was I hate the shots. It's one of the reasons I don't like anime visuals is I hate the shots of someone coming in to, to like do a strike. And it's just basically a long pose of them in a, in a striking position and just uh-huh. kind of the, the visual of something passing in the background. You know what I'm saying? I think that's, that's oh, absolutely. I absolutely know. Yeah. I absolutely know what you mean. And uh, I like that so much that it makes me sad. I don't like more anime. <laughs> I, I I just viscerally for some reason don't like that shot it bothers me every time I see it I'm an art guy I really like the stylized you know action flexing like I like that kind of stuff I don't I don't like shaky cam you know what I mean like, yeah I, just... I, I get it I, I don't like shaky cam necessarily either I, but that uh, there's a middle ground I'm sure that and I, I know that like a lot of way better a lot of people are like, oh, stupid Zack Snyder slow-mo. I love the Zack Snyder slow-mo. Oh, the Zack Snyder slow-mo, he, that's one of the great contributions that I think he's made to cinema. In every property hurt. he's done, there's been his slow-mo shots of action. Like, 300 did it beautifully. Mm-hmm. It, it's I, I, it's gorgeous. And I, I, I would welcome someone explaining to me why this is a problem, but I've thought it was uh, fantastic every time. And I, I, I'm open to an explanation of why they don't like it. But, man, I love it. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what the problem is, honestly. I, I, I dig it, and there's, you know, a lot of things I, I piss on, but <laughs> that's those not are, one of them. But those are good shots. I don't get it. Uh, those are good shots, and you know what? Um, let's see, uh, I think I would have been okay with it in Mission Impossible Two, for instance. They had a lot of cool slow mo shots in their action sequences as well. Unfortunately, there were damn flock of doves flying out of the corner of the screen every time it happened <laughs> so that made it dumb <laughs> and that movie had a lot of other problems too um it, the the major thing was like it's it seems like in my memory when you did a slow motion shot 
I want to say before Zach and after Zach, and and when I when I say that, I also mean is uh, I also mean his DP that I can't remember the name of right now. So I'm clearly not a historian on this, but it seems like a lot uh, of times he has a few. But uh, Larry Fong comes to mind. I don't that, know if that's... that name that name feels familiar. But there's a there's a way a lot of people seem to cut into slow motion, whereas mm-hmm. Snyder's contribution to me felt like he wouldn't cut into it he would fade into it so you'd see a shot at full speed and it would fade into the slow motion high graphic version of it and then fade back out Mm -hmm. it felt very lively i loved it yeah i'm sure there's some like film school student who did that before him that we can make an argument for it because that's always the case but that was when i saw it and i loved it yeah i agree but yeah uh, i feel like the people who were complaining about Zack snyder's slow motion are the same people who are just you know Jerking, the, jerking themselves off to, you know, Jason Bourne shaky cam or getting off to J.J. Abrams just beating the hell out of a camera. Literally. Literally pounding it with thing. his fist. And then later saying, mm, yeah, the lens flares were a bit much. <laughs> He's got like a giant mirror just like literally like shining lights into the camera. Yeah. That's a real thing. Also a real we'll thing. Look at some of the we're not exaggerating yeah. any of that. I think we are exaggerating. I don't think there were people that are super excited about shaky that hate the slow-mo. I mean, the, some of the Snyder haters, it's more conceptual than anything else. And I get that, but I don't uh, know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know who these people are. Like I, I only imagine hey, it's a spectrum. Like, it's a spectrum. Uh, yeah. Some people, it's I, I all visual. So. Some people, it's all conceptual. There's a mix in between. I like to imagine that the people who hate the Snyder slow motion, let's be fair. I like to imagine it because I hate shaky cam and I love the Snyder slow motion. So I love to imagine that the people who hate the thing that I love also loves the thing that I hate. Right, right. Because that's how Plato would have it. Yeah. (laughs) You dichotomizing son of a bitch. (laughs) You're what's wrong with this world, Dave. Often. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> dave's rebuttal mm, probably probably uh, so I don't know. I, i've i've written a letter saying that very thing to every president that i've been alive for right right yeah i was super I young when it was reagan i was just pictograms it was just crayon but i imagine your letter to every president so far would be i hate you it may be me <laughs> sorry dave <laughs> the most most every conversation we've had has felt like something like that politically. Like, rah, rah, rah. yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Sum it up in sound form. Yeah, I, I think if if there was a way to, if there was like an onomatopoeia for, uh, yeah, you know, yeah. Just, anyway, we got listener feedback. Yeah, sit that. That sounds like way more fun. Yeah, couple Let's go flub uh, some weeks more ago. words. <laughs> yeah, a couple weeks ago when we were uh, thanking uh, patrons. Mm-hmm. And I made a joke about how I wasn't going to get uh, Andy Holsey's name right. Uh-huh. Turned out uh, I got his name right. But I got, uh, well, I called her, uh, um, what did I call her? Oh, you Eliza wrong Love. again? I, I called her Eliza Love, and uh-huh. it's not. It's Elisa Love. Nice. So I knew I was going to get somebody wrong. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and she says it's not a big deal. No one ever says it right. It makes me even feel, that makes me feel worse, Elisa. I'm sorry. Wish, wish we could have nailed that. Uh, she even says, she even says like email. This is our first patron, people, and I can't get her name right. She yeah. says like email. So now that she's put that in my head, every time I read some of her feedback, I want to say it like a robot. It's Elisa. And because she put email in my head. so. Oh, I see. Okay. 
Yeah. I, uh, I, because I robots that that went equate poorly. to technology. <laughs> <laughs> like, you're doing like a pre-Siri version. Yeah. And I'm an old man. So I always, I, uh, I want to say robot. I understand. I do every now and then for fun. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, <laughs> I, just, I, I, I am particularly sad it was her because she made us both cry at times. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So In the good one way. One of my favorite people. In the good way. We love you. Deeply. Also, there's another word for robot that's mm-hmm. the correct word for robot. Oh. Like, apparently a robot is, is not something that walks on two legs. Mm-hmm. And I, I never do bother to stop and look up what the correct word is. But every time I say the word robot, in the back of my head, I, I, I hear a voice saying, like, you're wrong. That's not right. There's uh-huh. a two-legged version, and you're just you're being ignorant. Oh, wow. And that voice bothers me, but not enough that I've ever done anything about it. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's going to be a reckoning. Mm-hmm. And um, we'll, we'll address that when the robots, quote-unquote robots, mm-hmm. come yeah. for our children. I mean, my my last uh, plea will be, I tried. I knew. And then they'll be like, and what did you do? I'll be like, I watched The Flash instead. Yeah. Sorry. Please spare my spawn. <laughs> anyway, Elisa also tells us that um, last week's episode was making her day. And uh, I just always love hearing that. Again, thank you. Thank you for you letting us know that. Andy Halsey sent us a message. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that I've ever heard from Andy before. I think I said that a couple of weeks ago. And if you guys heard last week's episode, you know why we didn't really get into any kind of listener feedback. Because it was last crazy. Last week was a fucking nightmare for all involved. <laughs> Except for Elisa. Yeah. Actually, you know what? We we had a lot of people write and tell us that we they liked that episode. Really? All right. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it was. I don't know if it was just like the novelty of us cutting in from the future or something. I, I don't know what that dare was. Dare to presume, but I'm glad it worked. Great. But anyway, Andy writes in, says, "Hey guys, love the show, etc., cetera, etc." Cetera. Like how he does that. Mm-hmm. Funny. He says, like it. "Yeah, yes, David, you got my name right, which is a true feat. I've never had it. I've never heard it done on a first read. Going out to eat when there's a wait is a true nightmare. Was that a thing we talked about two weeks ago?" Yes, and I cannot remember the context right now because okay. it's one of those days. I remembered mm. it when I read that the first time like a week ago. I remembered what he was talking about. Now I can't and I'm mad about it. Okay. But I am proud for you that you're like you're like one and one mm-hmm. on pronouncing correctly first time. All right. Anyway. You got one in the W column, man. I do. Yeah. Just one. Andy continues. I'm mostly content to sit back in the cut and listen to you fine gents chat. However, I wondered if you could offer your thoughts on why most DC fans don't like the show Gotham that much. But, I mean, before we go into Gotham, sit back in the cut? Is that slang that the kids use these days? I'm not sure. I was confused, too. My lord. I assumed... Sounds sounds disgusting. I assumed I was missing something. (laughs) Remember when people said relax? (laughs) (laughs) Now we have to lounge in the wound. Now we have to wait on Andy. To explain this to us <laughs> like, in some manner that we can understand. Well, apparently he's content to just hunker in the gash. Hunker in the gash. <laughs> it's a thing they did in World War One. In the foxholes, they like to lighten it up and call it hunkering in the gash. <laughs> just lay in the slit. Just oh, lay it in the slit. Yeah, it's worse. That's, that's, that's way worse. Gash was pretty that bad, is, too. That's gone entirely different. <laughs> All right. You, (laughs) 
He, he continues, Personally, I enjoy it thoroughly, but I'll admit the last time I read Batman actively was probably year one. Uh, sure, the characterizations are not classical, but I think they're great anyway. Maybe I'm just a sucker. I'll always take more content, but it seems to me it's much better than the CW shows, which I also watch without fail. Keep some DC on your screen. Uh, Andy, thank you, man. Uh, so I don't know that most DC fans don't like Gotham. I know that there's a very vocal group of people who don't. And there's a very vocal group of people who love it uh, unabashedly. Um, yeah, I'm not I'm uh, not sure that I'd go with most at all. Yeah, I fall somewhere in between. Like, um, and it's, Oh, it is I one think, of my more manic viewing experiences. Mm-hmm. Uh, or bipolar viewing viewing experiences, I should say, because like there are episodes where I I finish it and I think, "Fuck you! How did you end on me? Why isn't there more?" And then there are times where I finish it and think, "What what just happened for forty five minutes? I, I I'm I could have been doing other things." Yeah, and all of that horse shit where like Jim's running around and he and with uh, with the court of owls and and Lee's got blood running out of her eyes or whatever the hell all that was. It was all <laughs> bullshit. Like, like all right, there I are, hate There all are that. parts that are not a good run. Like uh, one of my least favorite parts of what they've done is with Ivy, for instance, like, it, it's just been circuitous in an, a way that I feel like it was unnecessary. They, they could have done other things with it. But uh-huh. the thing is I can only pick a few parts of it for the most part. Honestly, 90 plus percent of the time when I put on an episode of Gotham, I'm super excited about it. Like I'm, I'm, it gets to the weekend, it gets to, you know, it, it airs on what Thursday and then it's usually the weekend before I can view it. And when I actually hit play, I sit back, I prop my legs up on my desk and I, I really enjoy it myself. Yeah. I, I'll be honest. I was, I was way more into it at the beginning when it was more about mobsters and stuff, but, uh, you know, the wackier they've gotten, the less I've, I've dug it, but I've liked this season a lot more than last season. I really didn't like a lot of the Alice Blood stuff. I, I uh, Chickless got uh, to be a little much for me there when he's running around talking about judgment. I, I don't. I don't. No, see, Chickless grew on me. Yeah, but see, personally, like I kind of feel like uh, is is hit or miss. Every time I sit down for an episode of Gotham, I go, well, all right, let's see. <laughs> <laughs> I unless they're on one of those runs where they're focusing on like on some kind of story, I don't. Every now and then there'll be a, a story arc there. I'm like, yeah, well, let's just get past this. But for the most part, sitting down, I'm super excited. And one of the reasons is exactly because of what you said. They started out as a very small time, uh, couple bullets in an alley, dude trying mm-hmm. to do his job, crime uh, running amok in the city. It just It was just, a like you said, a, a mob gang, a mob situation thing. And they took some real chances. Like, I don't like the Enigma in the Mirror thing either. I, I think it's yeah. an overused trope. Mm-hmm. It's not the end of the world for me, but I'd prefer they did something different with that. But his and I think, overall evolution, fantastic. Yeah, I agree. Look, I, I think I think what it comes down to, you know, is uh, Gotham is a very uh, niche show. And it's a niche show that has not always known what it was going to be, I feel like. Um now I know that a lot of of the uh, of the I think it knew where it fans, ended based on what the producers are saying, but I don't think they knew exactly how far they were going to go with it in some ways. But that yeah, worked for they, me because they they did they took some chances. Some of them were hits, some were misses. Like Solomon Grundy, that was a huge chance with all the butch variations. Uh huh. Those those were 
they were taking some risks, and I think mm-hmm. all of them paid off. I loved every variation of Bush. Butch. I did too. Uh, even even including his death, I thought that was uh, poetic and really built in uh, what Penguin is capable of, and and you know the whole Penguin Barb thing. I, like it was fantastic. Mm-hmm. But I think I think Gotham is going to suffer right out of the gate because one is a is a prequel show. All right, and people scoff at that. We don't want a prequel. Uh, we know took, how it's going to end up, and then they balls. go so, and then they go and they change how things went. The very <laughs> thing that people complained about, they went and they said, "Oh, well, we, we're not going to do that." Well, that's why they started at like twelve and a half million viewers, and now they're hovering around four and a half. Yeah, they kill off Sarah Essen. They, you know, they, they oh, have that all was these glorious though. Villain kids, they have, but you know, well, that's not how it was supposed to go, and then they lose viewers. Um, then they start getting into the more of the hammier aspects and little, you know, a little weirder. It's just any show is going to do that. Like I remember reading about how Lost kept hemorrhaging uh, viewers and people were like, oh, I fell off in season two when they showed us that hatch. Oh, I just fell off in season three when blah, blah. I I saw that polar bear and I was out, you know? And I'm just going like, yes, please more. This is getting weirder and I like it more. Yeah, it, so, when it's when it's what you're in the mood for, when it's what you have time for in your life, when it's what you're willing to accept and, and suspend your disbelief for, it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. If you're not, if you have things you're tied to and not willing to accept and, and it's just not what you're ready for at that point in your life, yeah, man, you bail on it. But for the most yeah. part, I think they took chances. And for the people that are still in right now, it's been really rewarding. It is, and I and I'm one of those that's gonna say like I think this season has been probably the best season so far, and I think that they have really benefited from having uh, a lack of episodes. It's made them hone their shit. It has made them plow through some story and do it really well. Like there are no filler episodes so far. No, every um, second of of this season is you know don't don't bank a sandwich before you eat the show. Just watch the show before you eat the show. Just watch the show <laughs> and then eat the sandwich. God, just really trying to mess up as many words as possible this episode. <laughs> so yeah, I, I think I think uh, some of it is just expectation of what people like, and, and as far as Batman is concerned, I think a lot of the people who started watching the show were uh, Christopher Nolan fans, and they kind of went, "Well, this is too wacky. This is too uh, this is too goofy." And then a lot of people were Batman the animated series fans who were like, "Oh, you're not doing the characters right. You know that old." chestnut yeah and uh you had all all manner of of uh comic book fans who were saying well that's not how how it's supposed to happen or you know oh it got to insert here and that's just bound to happen on any show yeah um but i'm glad but you enjoy it thoroughly that like the progression of the show though as far as uh the viewers has worked out perfectly for them because they started big they still had momentum over and over again and now they've got just enough momentum that they were able to do what you were saying um compress the final season which they know is happening into something that's going to be uh, really impactful perfect mm-hmm. friggin' perfect i would love every show to have that arc start with the big premise know when you're gonna finish up end with a bang perfect yeah all right uh let's see let's talk to uh, al granite here by the way uh andy holsey is one of our patrons and we love him for it thank you thank you thank you so much uh, Al Granite over on Twitter says, uh, last week's episode was a good episode. Thanks for the effort. You're very welcome. <laughs> mm. 
Um, he says, I also wonder why, or she, maybe she, I don't know. Also wonders why WB didn't just exclude Deadshot from Suicide Squad 2 if Will Smith wasn't returning, but still hire Idris Elba to be Bronze Tiger. Maybe it was too late to rewrite. I don't think it's too late to rewrite because everyone's saying they still might rewrite it, but I, yeah. I think they actually want to do something with Deadshot, period. Like, I don't think they want to do Bronze Tiger. They want to do Deadshot. Yeah, I think he just, I think he's out there and enough people are excited about him that mm-hmm. it. I am. I, I actually buy the report that Will Smith just couldn't work it into his schedule. Yeah, yeah. I think they were interested enough in the character and interest, interested enough in him that he was really something they wanted back and it didn't work out. Well, I mean, he's, yeah, I mean, he's, I guess, kind of ironically shooting Bright 2 with David Ayer <laughs> for Netflix. Yeah. Gotta love how so, that works out. Yeah, but... But yeah, I, I do I, think they wanted the character enough that he's still in the zeitgeist for yeah. the executives. Deadshot is, uh, he plays, I would say, more more of an important role in this in the squad than Bronze Tiger would. I would love to see Bronze Tiger. Uh, you know, a couple episodes ago, I gave my fan casting or my idea of who should be in the in the show. I thought Deadshot his uh, his storyline was up in the in the first one and it was fine. Uh, I would love to see Bronze Tiger, and, but uh, you know that's not in the cards. I mean. No, that would look. Idris Elba has Bronze Tiger or Deadshot, both fantastic. Because Idris Elba, I, I have no problem with what they're going to do. And even like I said before, it, you can rewrite some of this stuff. Like you can use the James Bond effect. It can be Deadshot and it be somebody else. Mm-hmm. I, and I, I would buy it. I'm interested to see what uh, what Idris does with uh... Idris. Good call. Mm-hmm. Good call. I was not with doing Deadshot. that before. Yeah. <laughs> like what you did there. Was that not subtle? <laughs> not to me where I was like, oh, that does sound that does sound better and more um, accurate than what I was saying. Um I'm interested I'm I'm really interested to see what Idris Elba does with uh with Deadshot. Mm-hmm. Uh, that said, I would have probably just I don't like recasting, so I, I wouldn't have. I would have figured out a way to get around it somehow. Yeah, I'd like it to be built into the story, but mm-hmm. not the absolute end of the world or the right, extended so, universe. Uh, we have Ricardo Santana says, "Hey guys, I'm a longtime listener of yours. I even won one of your giveaways. Batman Hush was my choice. That is a longtime listener. Mm-hmm. Holy crap!" That, he says, that I, has been a couple of years. He says, uh, anyway, I'm living here in Vancouver, and I just recently spotted this on my way to work. Maybe a set for uh, Batwoman. Looks like a war zone in front of Gotham City Hall. But that's just a guess. That he sent us this great picture of uh, of City Hall, it's a, and it's got Gotham on it. And, uh, yeah, it does. It looks like a war zone. It's absolutely for Batwoman. Uh, and thank you for sending us that, man. Yes. He says, thanks for providing a great show. Well, Gosh, my cheeks are red. <laughs> I feel flush. Do you, don't you kind of want to send him in as a spy? Hey, what if you just kind of wandered by this area more often? Send some more pictures. <laughs> yeah, man. It does. Uh, do that. Do it that, definitely Ricardo. does track with Batwoman as they have it in the Arrowverse right now. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to be kind of a shithole. Yep. Up in Gotham. Show enough. Show enough. All right, we got Matthew Ryan Cronin. On Facebook says uh, potential arrow spoiler, just a theory slash thought. Anyone else seem like they're very much setting it up like Mia never met Ollie, like he died or something before she was around. I am behind on Arrow. Mm-hmm. Me too. 
Um, I do think I don't know how they're setting it up with with Mia, Maya, whichever one it is. Mm-hmm. Um, so much so that I don't. I, I'm so behind actually that I don't remember how to say her name. <laughs> I'm really only like two episodes behind. I am I too, but it feels like forever right now. It does. Um, it's been two weeks since I've seen anything in that universe, and and that is enough to completely disconnect you. I think I think Ollie is going to die next season, probably episode eight or nine. Yeah. And uh, during the Crisis on Infinite Earths, Arrow has a 10-episode season next year, and then they're done. Now, I don't know if that means that he will never meet his daughter. He might meet her as a baby. Maybe. Um, but at that point, I'm, you, might, you might as well just say they never really met, right? Possible. We have a monitor hanging around. We could. We we do he, have a monitor. You could show him a universe where they grew up together. It, 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 That's true. You could play with that concept. All I'm sure about is that that dude's going away. Mm-hmm. In some way or another. Yeah. Uh, Chris Balga, one of our beloved patrons. Bless you. <laughs> uh, about your Jason's pull list, Batman 64 and 65 and Flash 64 and 65, the, uh, the price. Says, I really like this idea for a mini show. Good analysis. Looking forward to hearing what's next. And then on my Ant-Man and the Wasp review with uh, my wife, Bethany, says, uh, really cool involving Bethany with this. A fun review. I went into this and the original movie just to sit back without expectations. Both are enjoyable and accomplish what they were aiming for. It ranks in the middle of the pack for the MCU movies for me, but it was never aiming to be the best, which I can appreciate. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I dig that Chris is out there enjoying our, Patre- our Patreon episodes, man. Yes, absolutely. We, just ha- we, we have another one up. We do. You have a Jason's pull list that just came out. What is it? Justice League number 18? Yes. Or uh, Legion of Doom number whatever, because they're just numbering them however they feel like now. Mm-hmm. It's chaos. It's a fun little visual gag. That's all. Mm-hmm. I haven't even gotten a chance to listen to it. You uploaded it like right before we started the, the recording. Oh, yeah. Uh, but we, we're going to have that. Uh, we have, well, that, uh, that is up right now and available for everyone. If you pay your $5, become a patron. Please. The end, end all, be all. And uh, we are going to be dropping a Captain, our own Captain Marvel review, uh, probably tomorrow, if I had to wager. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Soon. Mm hmm. Coming soon. So, with the, uh, with the news that Arrow is ending, casual fanboy, casual underscore fanboy over on Twitter says to us, Green Arrow will appear in BOP movie, I reckon. I reckon not. I don't think they have time for that. Mm. I don't think they would have had time to put, maybe maybe an illusion. Maybe. Maybe like a slight setup. Maybe. Uh, with, you know, I think that would be uh, a lot of fun. Arrow being being gone and all, they they could bring in somebody to do Green Arrow. It doesn't have to be Charlie Hunnam, for Pete's sake. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I've seen that a bunch of that on Twitter already. People are just like getting uppity, like, oh, you got to bring him over to the movies. It's got to be Charlie Hunnam. It doesn't have to be Charlie Hunnam. It doesn't <laughs> have to be Charlie Hunnam. Just because he's a muscular blonde guy doesn't mean it has to be Charlie Hunnam. Oh, my Lord, y'all. There are plenty of those in California. You can ship them out as you wish. And many of them are better actors than Charlie Hunnam. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I enjoy Charlie Hunnam sometimes. You know, my favorite Charlie Hunnam role is from um, the Judd Apatow show, Undeclared. Oh. Where he was like deadly good looking, but just a scrawny lad. Scrawny yeah. English lad. Yeah. Before he For was some in reason, the, motorcycle shows or whatever. 
Yeah. Uh, for some reason, like the first scene I think of is uh, when he got popped in the face. I don't know why. <laughs> that was a great scene, though. It was. It was funny. It was like it, it, was, it was toward the period in that series where it was really finding itself right before it got abruptly, you know, ended. Oh, that show knew itself inside and out from day one. That show was brilliant. I mean, it's like, what, 26 episodes, 22 episodes, something like that? Oh, my. Oh, my gosh. It's just a fantastic show. Jason Siegel, Seth Rogen, before he was like Mr. Stoner Man. Right. This is, you know. Uh, I mean, I'm pretty sure he was still getting stoned, but he, he wasn't just like a. Well, yeah, a, I don't, a, you know. A paragon of stonerism. Yeah. Anyway, fantastic show. Uh, highly recommend it. It did get canceled early, but they did kind of give us an ending. They gave us enough of an ending True. for it to be worth it. Uh, so, undeclared, y'all. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> it's a fine David watch. W. David W. over on Twitter uh, says, You know what would be great? Arrow as a show ending, but with the Green Arrow character continuing to exist as an acknowledged presence in, in the other shows. Can you imagine what a Supergirl Batwoman crossover story would be like? But guest starring Emiko's Green Arrow. Mm-hmm. I'd be down for that. Mm-hmm. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, that'd be a lot of fun. Solid now, yes. Now, I say that with the caveat that they will actually, by that point, have developed Emiko into a likable character. Because thus far, she has been kind of just Here's, there. I, I, get, I get what you're going. I, I get where you're going with that. But I would argue... She acts mm-hmm. pretty much like Oliver in the, in the like the first season. Yes, and it has taken seven years for them to turn him into a likable character. <laughs> it took about four, and then there was some it took wavering, about four. and <laughs> then it, and then they got him back. Don't get me wrong; I'm not saying I wasn't invested. In it was his character. yeah, it was it, like he he wasn't supposed to be likable for a long time. Like it's even the producers and the actors have uh, have come on at times and said yeah, it's going to be brighter and and Amel's come on a few times and said no you're going to you're going to enjoy being with it has been like a staple of arrow that you are not necessarily supposed to like him mm-hmm. and then they even in the first episode of this season a lot of the press for it was you are not going to like him yeah. <laughs> like they they've gone back and forth on it so i'm not at all disappointed with her being someone that I'm like, I'm not sure I would hang out with you, but I would maybe watch a show about you. I mean, based on, on her backstory, she has every reason to be, you know, well, like Oliver, all Sturm and Arrows. Yeah. yeah like I get uh, it. degrees of dower. Yeah. <laughs> I get it. I like Sturm and Arrows. You had to outdo me. <laughs> <laughs> that was a callback from years ago. <laughs> So we was my Sturm about... and Arrows. <laughs> Touche. Mine was a callback to Batman Beyond Return of the Joker. Oh, fuck. Nice. Behind all the Sturm and Batarangs, you're just a little boy crying for mommy and daddy. That's, that's, uh, see, that wins. That wins. No. I'll, I'll give myself points for alliteration, but other than that, that wins. No, I think yours won. But hey, we can, we can go on with this circle jerk all night. Mm-hmm. Our uh, our buddy Scott Madison says most likely this is over on Twitter at Planet Rise says most likely we will still see uh, any surviving characters of Arrow pop up elsewhere in the DCW now and then then he says DC on uh, on C sorry DC on the CW DCW does it work have others tried using this shorthand and this is a question I've literally seen over and over again as well as on headlines on various sites, 
Should they rename the Arrowverse if the series if the series is ending? I don't think they should. It started the universe. Yeah, I see I no agree. reason. I see no reason at all to stop calling it the Arrowverse. I know the guys over at Fans Without Borders or DC TV Squadcast. Pick your poison. <laughs> don't care for the term Arrowverse. I love those guys. I like Arrowverse. I'm a, uh, what's the alternative? Uh, DC TV. Uh, DCCW? Yeah, I think they call it the DCCW. And I'm okay with both of those. And those don't uh-huh. have to change. But the Arrowverse, it did start there. I mean, Berlanti designed it to start there, and he had other plans when he started it. Right. Um, I'm okay with where it is now, and then it doesn't change just because um, the situation around it changes. Mm-hmm. Hey, for all, uh, you really want to get on my good side, you'll call it like the shipverse. Because <laughs> really, didn't it start with the 90s Flash? <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. retroactively, but John Wesley's ship is like all over the place in this in this multiverse. Or if in the uh, Crisis crossover, they give us like some origin for the monitor that precedes that, we have to call it the monitorverse, almost. Mm-hmm. I guess we do now, even. I mean, that that, that is... The, the overwhelming concept is there is a monitor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But no, so I don't I don't see any we reason to do ju- it and, and screw it. But I, frankly, it would screw up our search engines if it wasn't called the Arrowverse. So let's all leave our Google alerts alone uh-huh. and just call it the Arrowverse. And come on, man. It'll be all yeah. right. It'll be all right. Bigger things to worry about. It's, it still started the universe. It, it deserves the, uh, the, the distinction, in my opinion. I agree. Completely agree. Uh, Joe Forno. J411 over on Twitter says the Tenacious D teamwork line is awesome. And I do the same thing. <laughs> I was happy to hear that. That was validating. I, I appreciate it. <laughs> oh, man. Um, so let's see. I think I'm done. Oh, okay. Well, that's fine. Yeah. We've still got a whole Captain Marvel thing to do. I know. I mean, there were things that people said to us that, you know, I can't, I can't hit everybody up. And when it gets into the feedback that I have to explain the whole conversation is on Twitter, it's time to call it. Yeah, yeah. Then we just have the whole conversation on Twitter. It's cool. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, everybody, thank you so much for listening. That, if you just write in, we'll just have a whole conversation with you on Twitter. We we'll will. just do that. We will. And, you know, it, to be clear, if for some reason I'm short with you on Twitter or in email or I don't get back to you, it's probably because... I don't want to waste a response in email or on Twitter, and I just want to get back to you on the show. Or I might actually not know how I feel and want to talk to Jason about it, and then we'll talk about it on the show. Or maybe we'll hash it out on the show. You know, I'm a complicated person. I apologize. All of those things have happened. All of those things have happened and will happen. We have also, unfortunately, I'm assuming, completely forgotten and never gotten back to somebody. And if that happens, please... Send us another message and we'll go, oh shit, we are stupid. Yeah. All right. So email works really well because we we see that because we check it for other things. So you can start an email with the subject line, hey, you fuckers. Uh Uh-huh. That's going to catch our attention. We're going to respond to a hey, you fuckers. Yeah. Or I might just look down and go, oh, my mom just emailed me again. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And be proud she figured out how to email you. Yeah, I'm, the, the and comedic what the version, show was the comedic false version of my mom is the one who would email. Like my 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 actual mom doesn't know how to do that, <laughs> nor would she write that. <laughs> it, I don't know. You give her the right mood, maybe a nice post Thanksgiving turkey high. She might. <laughs> what you don't know? 
Anyway. I've talked to her. I wouldn't put it past her completely. Okay. Well, look. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Thank you, uh, patrons, for listening listening and contributing. And um, patreon.com slash DC on screen. Go over there. We're going to have some content. we got some content a-brewing. That sounded weird and sexual in a way I didn't anticipate. It did. It did. We need to just bounce on this whole fucking thing. It's been a, a verbal nightmare. Mm-hmm. Just, just end it, man. Put this thing down. All just, right. Well, ugh, rough. If if you care to, dconscreen.com, click on shop. There are t-shirts and things if you would like to buy to help support mm-hmm. our noble endeavor here. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll spend more time working on vocal exercises. The more support we get. I won't. You didn't have to. You didn't have to tell them the truth, man. I was just. Oh, I mean, I will. There you go. And that's how lying works. I've always wondered. Mm-hmm. We'll work on it. <laughs> All right, y'all. I like y'all. It's all inclusive. Makes yeah. me feel good. Yeah. Everybody's there. Everybody's there. <laughs> we'll be back next week. Until then, keep some DC on your screen. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball. Uh, what? It's, uh, actually Geico. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. But we never got to use it because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money? Geico? Yeah, they were our team sponsor. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Look around you. That car you're driving. That house your family lives in. Making your daughter laugh. Inspiring her to dream. You did that. Teaching your son to drive. Teaching him he can be anything. All you. And your dreams for tomorrow. You'll do that too. Legacies don't just happen. They are made by you. The important word being you. American Family Insurance. Protecting your dreams as you achieve them. Insure carefully, dream fearlessly. Products not available in every state. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, SI and its operating companies. American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Our opening narration was from Dan Jurgens' The History of the DC Universe, Part 3 of 10, as featured in DC 52, Week 4. It was performed by me, David C. Robertson. Intro music by Jason Goss and Michael Shackelford. Michael's band, Future Elevators, could be found on Spotify or future-elevators.com. Our introduction was performed by F.E. Ophelders of the fantastic podcast Stealing the Remote, which lives on SoundCloud. It can also be found on iTunes and Stitcher. We are proudly in partnership with TV Time. TV show calendar and social media site that lets you keep track of what you're watching, what your friends are watching, and where you all left off. DC On Screen is a maladjusted production. Visit maladjusted.tv for more from me and Jason, including sketch comedy, an improvised web series, vlogs, parodies, and more. Are you maladjusted? 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball. Uh, what? It's, uh, actually Geico's. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. But we never got to use it, because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. The phrase is from Geico, because they help save people money? Geico? Yeah, they were our team sponsor. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball. Uh, what? It's, uh, actually Geico. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. But we never got to use it, because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. 
The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money. Geico? Yeah, they were our team sponsor. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. 